We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. WTIC. Do I have a moment? Oh, I have a moment. All right, so this new Chris Murphy sound. This was on the Daily today. Now, you, well, no, let me just back up. He said this. Nine years ago, after Sandy Hook, when he was a U.S. senator. And a lot of my friends in Congress who think you can solve all this stuff with gun laws. You cannot. And a lot of my friends in Congress who think you can solve all this stuff with gun laws. You cannot. All right. Gun laws cannot work. He believed in the Second Amendment nine years ago. This is him on the daily podcast New York Times today. That seemed to me like you were acknowledging that there was virtually no chance of anything really happening. It felt, and Senator, please don't take this the wrong way, but it felt desperate. I do feel desperate. I felt desperate for 10 years. and I- But 10 years ago, he was pro-Second Amendment and said that there is no law you can pass that will stop people from using guns in this way. And this isn't about attacking Senator Murphy primarily, although he deserves to be attacked for allowing his change of heart and his adamance from nine years ago, adamance, to be distorted out of the public record by a mass media that wants to only have a singular message he should not be part of that conspiracy but he likes apparently pretending to be somebody who always felt this and he needs that because he's now acting as if this position is obvious just as he acted like the obvious i'm sorry the opposite position was the obvious position nine years ago that's what i find so exciting about all this it's a real revelation and the media won't cover it it's the todd feinberg show live from the nj diet studios on wtic news talk 1080 how cool is this it's only tuesday and yet and yet, Leonardo Susio III, Jr., is joining us now. Hey, Len. 
Hey, Todd. You know, I was having a, a discussion with Anthony, and uh, he is definitely going to make you and I look like pale faces when we get together, I think, because I know where he was the last week. Oh, yes. He was somewhere absorbing UV rays, but uh, apparently in him they go straight through and and come out the other side. <laughs> they don't make any, any kind of an impression at all. No visual impact. Know. You know, by the way, he's got Italian heritage like I do, and and we, I always tan really when I'm out there in the. Sun, I have Polish the, skin. The Italian genes, you know, it's like yeah. <laughs> well, you're a pale face, Todd, huh? Hmm. Okay. I I just said something probably that's uh, politically incorrect. No, he's the pale face. I I <laughs> I walk from the car up the driveway, the front walk, and into the house. And Rosalie says to me, "Where were you? You got a caller." I said, I just came in from the car. <laughs> oh, you're ultra sensitive. See? Yeah. Uh -huh. You're you're politically sensitive, and now you're no, no. I'm, I'm politically thick skinned. But anyway, let's stop with the jibber jabber, and uh -huh. get down to the nitty gritty that people love you for your analysis yeah. of numbers. There is. I don't know if you've noticed or heard about this, Len, but there's a, a period of inflation going on right now, in which oh, costs. <laughs> Costs are rising, and one of the costs that's going up a lot is is in your sweet spot has to yes. do with fuel prices. Yes, and electricity. And electricity. Oh, yes. That's about to hit everybody in a couple weeks. July 1st, watch your electric meter and watch it go spinning around as the dollars are being sucked out of your wallet. What do you mean? Is there something, is, is the, the meter going to be gonna reprogrammed happen. soon? Yes, yes, there's a scheduled rate increase uh, that's going to happen uh, effective July 1st on your Eversource bill. So uh, this is on top of the record-breaking increase that occurred effective in January. Oh, that's still not enough. We've got to go for more. So uh, everybody's going to get about a 4% increase in their uh, electric uh, bills on uh, July 1st. Oh, are we, so every six months they get a big – how much was the January hike? Uh, it was, tw I think it was 28%. It was, it was huge. I didn't look back at that, but it was very big. It was one of the biggest of all time. So why would uh, they be doing another 4% six months later? And by well, the way, just to, I think you, you were telling us recently about a town in the state that has its own yes. electricity. And yes, this, they, they, yeah. they charge half as much. The, the residents That's of, right. of, is it Wallingford where the, this Wallingford little... has its own municipal utility and that, doesn't and citizens there pay half as much, right? That's right. And it's not because they have their own electric generation plant there. They don't have anything there any more than you do or I do in, in the towns we live in. They buy the electricity on the wholesale market just like uh, the utilities do here. Uh, but they charge about a, a little more than 50% of the cost of what you and I get billed in our uh, Eversource bills. And so the question is why? Yeah. Why? I mean, you know, they're operating right in our backyard, right next to us. And I live literally about three miles from the border. I live in Meriden. And so and I'm paying almost double the electric cost of the uh, folks in. in OK, so but I didn't want to revisit that so much as I wanted to bring it up as as a comparison again to these rate increases. These increases mm -hmm. can only happen if I understand things correctly, because Ned Lamont decides they should happen he controls pura he he appoints mm -hmm. the people who who control that panel which is the regulatory authority that oversees 
the electric companies in the state and controls their every muscle twitch. Is that not true? Yes. What happens is every year, twice a year, the rates are revisited. Uh, and and two, both times, the generation rates, the cost to create the electricity are involved, but uh, only once, that is at the beginning of the year, does it involve the transmission or distribution charges. So uh, that's why in January, when we got hit with these big rate increases, it was a double whammy because it was both the, the generation side and the, uh, the transportation But why, do, why are they going up... I mean, we've, we've seen how ruthlessly Jolly Ned manipulates things to make it look like it, the state's very affordable and to make it look like he's lowering the cost of living here instead of jacking it up. Why would he, during an election year, not forgo those increases altogether and then let them happen after the election? Well, he doesn't control it that much. He does have influence on it, for sure. But what happens is the utility companies go out into the wholesale market because they're not allowed to make a profit. Believe it or not, they're not allowed to make a profit on the generation of electricity. All their profit is on the distribution end of the game. So they go out into the market, just like Wallingford Electric does, by the way, and they, they purchase it in the wholesale market. And they're paying, first of all, they're paying more than Wallingford for some reason. Uh, second of all, unlike uh, Wallingford, unlike Eversource, doesn't have the uh, mandates in on it for renewable energy, which dramatically inflate the cost of electricity that's provided by Eversource. So uh, there's roughly 25 plus percent of the energy that you and I purchase from Eversource has got to consist of uh, renewable energy sources versus, you know, gas uh, or... Okay, but you're, you're going off into tangential stuff. I want to yeah, know yeah. why he is not using his power. Why doesn't he call up... What's the CEO's name? Joe? The CEO of Eversource. Why oh, does yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, the new, the, yeah. Why yeah, isn't he? Why does he call him up guy. and say, uh, "I need your help"? It's a, it's an election year. If he's willing to pay retention bonuses to people who don't get retained, yeah, working yeah. for the state. Yeah. Why? If he's that ruthless and reckless with the people's money, why wouldn't he go to Eversource and say, "Hey, you guys, no increases during 2022. It's an election year." Well, Eversource will then scream back at him, we can't absorb the cost. You can't expect us to absorb the cost increases in the market to protect your political hide. We're just passing on the cost that we're getting uh, from in the wholesale market. That'll be their defense and their reaction. Well, and then if, if I'm governor and I'm as malicious and, and self-serving mm -hmm. as, as Ned is, I would just say, okay, we'll see you next year and uh, might mm -hmm. not be so pleasant for you well, what's coming down the pike. Honestly, I don't think the governor is that uh, smart or knowledgeable about this stuff, to be honest with you. You mean uh, he doesn't uh, understand the uh, leverage he has? No. Or am I overestimating doesn't. his leverage? Uh, well, first of all, I don't even think he understands what what drives electric rates, other than this vague understanding mm -hmm. that natural gas prices are going up and that kind of a thing. But other than that, he doesn't really have an understanding of it all. All he talks about when he talks about electricity is how we've got to go to zero carbon emissions, which means 100% renewables in the next 15 years, which, of course, will drive energy prices absolutely through the roof, which is what's going on right now. And it'll make your energy or electricity less reliable than it's ever been. You're going to have brownouts, rolling brownouts, et cetera, because the wind isn't always blowing and the sun isn't always shining, and we don't have the technology to store the electricity when there's an abundance of it 
in batteries, you know, battery storage. So what they have to do is they have to back up the wind and power and uh, solar power with redundant uh, fuel-based, uh, uh, fossil fuel-based or, or nuclear-based power. So for all that stuff you're putting in, the investment you're putting into wind and solar, you got to have redundancy that's virtually 100% because they can't be counted on. They're intermittent sources of power. They're not always there when you need them. And therefore, unless you and I are willing to, uh, you know, this goes on, by the way, in the Dominican Republic. I was down there a couple of years ago for a vacation and the power would go out every, every other day or so for an hour or two because they didn't have enough electricity uh, to, uh, to meet the need. So that's what's going to happen here. You know, if you continue to increase our dependence on intermittent, on basically on the weather, think about it. You're making our, our, uh, the reliability of our electricity dependent on whether the wind is blowing or the sun is shining. That's making it dependent on the weather. I can't think of a more fickle, irresponsible way to uh, make us energy dependent. It's just insane, the policies we're pursuing. And, uh, and, and I've been telling Bob Stefanowski that he ought to get up on the podium with some graphics showing the Wallingford bill compared to the typical Eversource bill and ask the audience and the media why. Why can Wallingford deliver it at so much less than what Eversource is doing? And that ought to provoke a heck of an interesting uh, political... Do a little Ross Perot thing on electric rates. We're talking to Len yeah, Susio, former state sound. senator. What's up? <laughs> yeah, that big sucking sound south of the border. That's what he was talking about. Yeah. I remember that in the debates, the presidential debates. Yeah. You hear that big sucking sound south of the border? <laughs> so uh, I'm going to talk later about the um, you know, new numbers are out with regard to... Who makes the most money in the state? Salaries. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've looked at these, but I was looking at the lump numbers. They were saying the largest payroll um, area of or category, I guess you'd call it, in the state from s- state government is Yukon. I think it was $630 yep. million or $660 million a year. And then number yep. two was the Department of Corrections at 440 mm-hmm. or somewhere like that. And I thought th- these are remarkable for their size, but also for the fact that nobody ever says boo about why they cost that much and how those numbers compare. So if I were the governor, I would be out there with charts of these things, comparing us to other states and saying, why are we here when we could be here? Let's push those numbers down. And the reality is that doesn't happen because that would cause people who the the politicians depend on for votes uh, to disappear as voters and go somewhere else. I think, I assume that's the calculation. Is that how you view it as a political person? Yeah, that's absolutely related to the unions and the union membership, basically, which he depends on not only to cast votes for him, but to go out and get votes for him too. They go out and they provide the volunteers for the campaigns and door knockers, et cetera. So it has a dramatic effect on the the votes that are cast in the election, and the Democrats cannot afford to forfeit that vote, so they got to kiss their butts and and do what they have to do to continue to keep the support of the unions uh, in Connecticut, and and that's what's sad. You know, UConn itself, uh, the uh, the state subsidizes annually over half a billion dollars of uh, union UConn. Uh, and there's another half a billion or so that's lost at the health care center up there as well. 
So between the two, it's over a billion a year. I think one thing that it's ought to be discussed and debated is, should UConn be terminated as a public university and converted to a private university? Wait, who says that? We have, what, what's that? Who says that? I'm saying that. You're I'm saying, saying that. Okay. I'm saying that. We I love that idea. Uh, you know, make the university pay for itself. I went to the University of Pennsylvania, an Ivy League school. I think we ought to make UConn, the University of Connecticut, an Ivy League school. Because you, University of Pennsylvania is a private institution. It sounds like a public right. one, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think we ought to do that with UConn. It'll add to the prestige, and it'll take away the, 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 the suction of all that money out of our wallets and uh, you know, give the, I mean, the resources, the assets that are up there on the UConn campus are enormous, uh, of great value. I would think that somebody could put together uh, uh, a private university approach to. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I don't know why people wouldn't want to, except that it's, it runs now in a system that's designed to lose money with the taxpayers of the state picking up the tab. Is that true? Yeah. Well, I mean, t- yeah, d- as I say, it's sucking a half a billion dollars a year out of our wallets, uh, each, both UConn and the UConn Health Center, and... Uh, take a look at the the episodes the last few years where the presidents of UConn have retired and uh, making five hundred plus a year for teaching a course. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. And the last guy was president for what one or two? Oh, years, twenty minutes, and they let him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was just crazy. So there's no accountability. Shame on the university trustees. They don't hold anybody accountable. Uh, you know, we've got a losing football program. We're paying coaches gazillions of dollars for that. It's like, it's just insane and it's unaffordable. Uh, it's time to get real and realistic and face the reality. And I would love to see in this gubernatorial campaign this year a debate about issues like that. I like to see who says what about things like that, about the, uh, the energy policies of the state, the education policies of the state, and the tremendous uh, uh cost to the taxpayers of continuing the subsidies that we have uh, to, you know, to the education system. I'm talking about the higher education system in particular. There's just no accountability. Anymore. Well, and then crime I'll, I'll tell you, if you, if you look at the, uh, if you look at the payroll, Len, the, uh, mm-hmm. it seems that what the state values most is sports because mm-hmm. the highest paid people by far. Yes are coaches, and it doesn't matter if they win or lose. They make huge money either way. Len Suzio, former state senator, thanks for being here, sir. 
All right. Uh, tell Anthony he's got to text me and we'll get together. Right. Yes, you keep saying that, but he think, he views you now as being undependable, so he's not uh, he's not expecting much to happen. 860-5229. Well, that's what he says. 5229-842. Todd Feinberg Show. Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Tuesday afternoon. Summer fast approaching. Let's talk to Dave in Ellington. Hi, Dave. Todd. Dave. Why is it taking so long for anybody to figure out that that university is nothing but a money pit for the state of Connecticut? Because uh, the politics of the state is built. hit some of these legislatures upside the head? No, they love money pits. You're wasting money. They love wasting money. It's it's ridiculous. That's what they do. The government is there to take as much money as possible. I understand that. They do it on a daily basis. Yeah, but... But But I've delivered up there. To deliver a piece of freight up there, Mm -hmm. it's a total nightmare. Why is that? You're going in there, okay, they have this place called Central Receiving. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if it doesn't go to Central <laughs> Receiving, you have to take it to the person who ordered it. And then the person who ordered it, they don't have a dock. They don't have a way to get off the trailer. They, it's like, oh, why are you bringing it here? It's well, not deliverable. Then. So they waste your time all day. Oh, my God. You could go up there for one, one delivery and spend an hour and a half, two hours. Well, that's delightful. What else do you notice when you're there? What else do you want to know about UConn? I can't stand the university myself. Why is that? Because it's just it's just it's 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 a total waste of money. Yeah, but what do you? Any other specific things stand out when you deliver there that makes you? Uh, oh yeah. The, the, oh, I've had the, the cell phones. These kids are walking around on cell phones all day, and I actually had a guy tell me one day that. He was trying to back up into a place that had a dock, yeah. and the kid was on his cell phone. He walked right into his truck. Well, that's walked, uh, I, I don't right think that's a Yukon thing. I think that's a America Today thing. Well, no, I think that's a society thing. Exactly. But, hey, good show as always. And, oh, by the way, uh, did you see Joe Biden's speech today? I heard clips of it, but I didn't see it. Oh, my God. What? We're done. We're done as a society. We're done. We're done. If this guy makes it through four years, God bless America. Yeah, one of the funny things is they talk about him uh, running for re-election like that's a real thing. Thank you, Dave. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Where did he get that, that new staccato phrasing? Where did that come from? Did that come from Ned's consultant? Uh, Just yell at him. I think he's trying to copy <laughs> preachers. You know, it is weird. Like, like, listen to that again. Just the way he says it is so turn weird. Turn up a little bit too, if you would. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Changing people's lives. Are you really in a good way or a bad way? Which is it? I mean, that's kind of not a lie. 
And can't you, <laughs> it's true. They true. are they are changing and people's can lives. You, can you change people's lives in a, by uh, wasting money? Isn't that exactly what the plan is? Spend, 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 buy votes. Don't worry about the bankruptcy. It'll be somebody else's problem later. Kick the can down the road. Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Hello, WTIC. We've come to a wonderful moment in the show. Well, we're, it's filled with wonderful moments. This one involves Red Janky, which is fun. Happens on Tuesdays, and Red is the proprietor of the-red-line.com. The-red-line.com. Red, welcome back. Good to have you here. Hey, Todd. Good to be here. Beautiful so, day. Uh, you're thinking about the stock market, huh? Well, um, I think a lot of people uh, probably don't want to think about it. Um, down again today, um, it's uh, the uh, the big news uh, headline uh, this morning is the S&P entered what's called bear market territory. Bear market, yes. Yeah, they were just talking about those bears that were uh, loose and attacking people up in, where was it? So what's the... Uh you know, they the media loves these pivot points where you get to call something today something different than it was yesterday or the day before. But because it became a bear market yesterday, it doesn't mean it's substantially different than the day before, does it? Well, actually, it um, the two did coincide. There was a big plunge in the markets on Monday, uh, which took the S&P into bear market territory, which for those who don't know the the archon, arcana of stock market uh, terminology, uh, a bear market is just 20% down from a previous peak. And the S&P peaked a couple of days into January this year, and uh, it is down 20% from that point. Um, the NASDAQ is down 33% from its November peak, and the Dow is uh, is uh, threatening to enter bear market territory. It's probably down about 18% at this point year to date mm -hmm. from its peak uh, early in. Very well, why are these particular? It's interesting how certain numbers, certain events are markers that seem to hold up over time of, of uh, good news or bad news, this being bad news. Why is that? Well, this is going to have phenomenal impact. Um, there's something in, a, in, in, uh, in economics called the wealth effect. I'm sure you're familiar with it. And that means when um, the stock market mainly, but the economy in general, but it's the stock market primarily. When the stock market is doing well, uh, Americans generally feel wealthy, even though it's all on paper, and it may be somebody else's money. But if the stock market is going up, they feel wealthy and they spend. Yeah, so, it's an interesting dynamic. It, it lets you know that the 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 um, underpinnings of the economy are strong and maybe even the foundations that your financial well-being is standing on. It's like if the housing market is going up. It's really a nice thing to have your house go up uh, 
some big chunk every year, and stock market is kind of the same deal. Yeah, exactly. So people feel good, they feel wealthy, they feel comfortable to spend. Stock market goes down, that effect reverses. Uh, People become very cautious about spending. And then you're into the... um, Another one of those economic um, dynamics, which is called uh, the paradox of of, uh, of poverty. It's actually uh, not exactly that, but it's the paradox of saving. Okay. okay. The paradox of saving is that what makes sense for an individual is disastrous for the collection of us, for society. So if if you're... If you're watching your your beans, so to speak, you're watching your money carefully, and you see a threatening economic environment, mm-hmm. and you prudently conclude that maybe I should uh, should uh, reduce my spending, tighten my belt. Yep, stop uh, going out to eat so if, much and such. Uh, yeah, even if I don't need to immediately, just out of caution. Well, what that means on a collective basis is the is the economy contracts. Everybody starts buying less of what's out there. It accentuates so, the bad news. It's it's kind of leaning into the bad news. Well, what it does is, you know, th- the meal that I don't buy is the income that the restaurant owner doesn't make. So he yes, but but we're already talking about a, a market, if I'm understanding you correctly, in which the fewer people are going out to eat in the first place because they're seeing negative trends. But then if everybody starts doing that at the same time, then you are creating a cycle, it seems. Exactly. So you have the wealth effect reverse, so people become cautious. Then you have the um, paradox of savings where it makes sense for an individual to be cautious financially and tighten his belt. But collectively, that means that it, what goes around comes around. If I tighten my belt, okay, to save money, and take the example of the restaurant, the restaurant owner loses income. Well, then he doesn't buy what I'm selling. So ultimately, the paradox of savings and thrift, the paradox of thrift, is it actually hurts you ultimately as a member of society as this economy contracts. Yeah. And it feeds on itself. But it it must be worse now because we're so wired together through through social media and Internet and all that that we we know these narratives. And and by the way, the, the media has become much more singular in its narrative reporting anyway. So so it binds us all together into what must turn into a a singular kind of behavior across the country where everybody feels the danger because they're being yelled at about the danger every day, even before it's gotten here. Uh, I, what you're doing is you're talking about the incredible acceleration relative to yesteryear, used to take these dynamics some time to work their way through the economy, through consumer psychology and into the economy and and have what goes around comes back. Today, you're pointing out that it happens almost instantaneously. 
and and I mean, th- that does happen. And, and does it does it also happen on the other end? Do people open back up quicker? Well, if they see a positive sign, but you know, well, at some is, point a positive sign comes, right? Some point a positive sign comes. So um, it would make I sense think- then that this uh, this tipping back and forth would be a little uh, more spontaneous. Well, yes, but I don't think, you know, these are long, long, um, now we need to flip the conversation to longer-term trends. And since the financial crisis, we've had a bull market both in stocks and in bonds. Typically, when the stock market goes in the tank, people take their money out and put it put their money in bonds okay because bonds are a safe investment mm-hmm. they return an interest payment that you can rely on you know you won't lose your money except that for the past 40 years in this country interest rates all across the yield curve have been coming down And that has meant that for 40 years, people could park their money in bonds. And when it came time generally to take that money out and go back into the stock market, they could sell their bonds for a gain. Because when rates are coming down over long, long periods of time, the bond you bought three years ago, odds on, if you just take a a moving average, you can sell that bond that you bought with maybe a 7% coupon, for a 6% coupon, and that means you have a gain on sale. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're going up from 0% bonds, and there are no gains. So you can't safely park your money in bonds because the stock market today is is plunging. And what's the you significance of bonds. that of that problem with the bonds? What does that do to us? That means there's no place for money to go to be safe. Literally, there's no investment opportunity that offers a degree of safety and reliability. We're suddenly back to the mattress, Red? This is, we have not been where we're going now before. No kidding. It's that different and that ominous? You sound uh, like... Like, this is a dangerous moment. This is a very dangerous, and it's not a moment. It is a very dangerous future um, for some length of time ahead of us. Um, Jamie Dimon, who's chairman of Chase, J.P. Morgan Chase, um, used the term about 10 days ago that we're headed into a hurricane. Mm. So this is very, very dicey um um is, is a hurricane the right analogy i want to make sure we get a the right handle on this we're talking to red janky from the dash red dash line.com is hurricane correct because that suggests a whirlwind which suggests a lot of things flying around and a lot of madness but is this maybe a more singular trajectory of, of of downwardness is this more like being the economy being locked into a prison cell and not being able to spin around and and, and cause a mess but being stagnant and and depressed well i think i think what uh mr diamond was uh 
doing was using a term that was both dramatic and, um, as you point out, inapropos, just does not apply. So how would you characterize it? Because I want to make sure we get the right picture here before you leave. Well, in conceptual terms, I think we have a number of trends that are negative that are compounding and reinforcing each other. Um, and that that does not bode well for the future. So a stagnation I mean, kind of period. Well, we're probably going into recession. R- well, yeah, uh, we're expecting that, I think. But but this speaks to something longer, a recession that, w- that will just sit there, and we won't really have the normal mechanisms in place to bring life back. That, that's precisely the case. What we had um, in the financial crisis, uh, the Federal Reserve Bank, because it was a financial crisis that triggered a recession, uh, dropping interest rates is the normal way that you revive the econ- economy. Okay? If people can't buy a house because long-term mortgages, 30-year fixed-rate mortgages, six and a half today, okay, that's up one full percentage point in a matter of days. Mm-hmm. A few days ago, you could get a 5.5% 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. Today, it's 65 If you think of that in reverse, if you can't afford a house with a 6.5% mortgage, when rates drop, you can afford the house again, and you mm-hmm. go out and buy it. That that primes the pump. That reignites economic activity. But if it's so, going in the other direction, it's suppressing economic activity, which means trouble. And we've got to hold you right there, Red. Thank you exactly. for painting the picture for us. Visit the-red-line.com. Red Janky, we'll see you next week. Hey, Todd, good. Enjoy good to time. talk with you. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. 860-522-9842. Next half hour, let's talk. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 